Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Welcome to the after party. It's time to change. You're just getting started. You can teach an old dog new ways and not just on Saturday. Hello, it's Anna David here with you today. And today, it's funny you should mention today because today is the day that I got to spend with pretty much the loveliest lady ever. I think I said that about another guest. And what's funny a little bit is that I've had dinner with the two of them and it was quite literally the loveliest experience of my life. The first one was Sarah Benincasa and the second one is the one you are about to spend time with today. Janie Hadid Tompkins. I thought it was Haddad this whole time. Anyway, I was wrong. So she, uh, you guys, basically I had a girl crush on her from the time I first heard her voice on another podcast. And I don't go around using terms like girl crush. You might have probably never heard me say that before. So I don't use it lately. Like it really is true. She's got the sweetest voice and and the sweetest personality and is funny and um, just the kind of person you want to spend a lot of time with, which is why I asked her to do this podcast not knowing if she'd gotten over anything because she sort of strikes me as one of these people, you know, those people who just are, you know, a little perfect and they, they're just like, I don't know, like, I don't know. It's just been totally great. She, um, she's married to Paula Tompkins. They're adorable together. And, you know, you just sort of look at her and you're in, you, and she's so nice and seems so well adjusted. And so you sort of think, well, maybe it's possible. She's someone who's never gotten over anything. I, it, I was worried about it, but then as it turned out, um, she had a crazy story about, dating a sociopath and not just dating being engaged to and living with and really going down the rabbit hole with a sociopath and so that's what we got into talking about uh toxic people and um toxic relationships and and how she was vulnerable to that and what she learned from that and um yeah fascinating stuff and that, that girl can tell a story, too. Had me on the edge of my proverbial seat and the edge of my actual seat. Um, I'm on the edge of it right now, but that's because I'm leaning towards the microphones. That has nothing to do with being in suspense hearing a great story. So Janie is an actress. Um, she is on the regular show. She's the voice of Margaret. And uh, she's going to be on Garfunkel and Oates. Do you guys know about them? They're this amazing comedy musical duo that have been playing around LA and other places for years, and now they have a show, and Janie's on it. She's also going to be on Comedy Bang Bang, um, and she has worked a lot. She's been on Modern Family. She has been on, um, oh my God, what a resume. 
Um, I'm just Monk, Criminal Minds, Desperate Housewives. What has she not been on, really? She was also in my storytelling show and is in has an essay in the True Tales book. And um, yeah, you guys are going to... She has her own uh, podcast, Janie and Aaron Does Hollywood. They know about the grammar. That's that's part of the, the clever part of it. Anyway, um, she's a delight, and she has a lot of wisdom to share with us. So uh, with that, I will give you Janie Hatted Tompkins. I first started taking drugs by chewing blocks of hash. Oh my god, I think my copy has like blood stains on it from shooting up while reading it. Party animal, I hate to say that because that makes me sound Paris Hilton. I was on the, as right. I call it, the Autobahn to nowhere. I'm very lucky because would you have wanted to have a celebrity junkie for a dad? Now we're starting. I, welcome alarm. to the podcast. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. I like to do it. I mean, frankly, it's because I've heard other people do it. Like, do you ever listen to the Pete? I don't mean to put you on the spot. The Pete Holmes podcast. Um, no, <laughs> but I know Pete Holmes. I met him and I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would think you, I would think you would meet him. Okay, he has a really funny podcast, and he always. There, he's talking, and then the person 10 minutes in goes, oh, my God, we've Are been we recording started? this whole time? Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of liked that. Well, um, I have a confession to make on this podcast. Yeah, you don't listen to podcasts ever. Isn't that? Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> you have a big I podcast. Have a podcast. Yes. I have a podcast. I don't even listen to our podcast. You don't? I enjoy talk radio, but I have this weird addiction. Oh, I guess what? It's not Is that okay radio. to say addiction if it's not a real addiction? No, it's totally okay. Good question. Okay. Yeah. yeah I have yeah. this weird obsession. How yeah, about that? that's fine. Um, with news and... Like, I guess I'm a news junkie person. Oh, wow. And so whatever, whenever I'm listening to audio, I guess, entertainment or content, it's right. always like on a live feed situation. Because you want the breaking news. That's you don't, exactly. You don't I don't want to be tuned out. Right. Wow. Okay. So it's yeah. NPR all the time? Yes. Feels good. Yeah. <laughs> You're very informed. I, I listen to NPR. You. I listen to KPFK K sometimes because I do stuff on there sometimes. KPFK, Pacific Radio. Oh, I'm, yeah. And then Dumb Serious, like CNN and right. BBC, you know. So. Is KPFK the one that when when NPR, this is so interesting to listeners who are like in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, when, when, when KQED, what's our NPR called? KPCC. And yeah. we have KCRW. KCRW two, goes several, to couple. morning, becomes eclectic, and it's super. It's like I exactly never listen to KCRW. The time, oh, interesting. I listen to KPCC almost exclusively. I see. I see. And so, though you are engaged <laughs> in the art of podcasting, you do not you do not enjoy the the fruits of it. I do sometimes, but I'm not a consumer of them yeah. the way that people who listen to podcasts tend to be. Yeah. And do you you li- don't listen when you're a guest, even. I know. Or, or when Paul, do you listen? To, Paul, has no. A Paul, my husband, who's a comedian, for yes. the listeners who don't know, um, uh, he's been on probably a hundred podcasts. He's probably the most 
he's probably he's the most popular Paul, podcast guest. Paul F. Tompkins, for anyone who has no idea who Paul could be. Um, <laughs> he is a podcast doer. King. Yeah. And listener. Yes. I would, I would imagine. I would imagine both. Yes. Um, but you don't listen to his. This is a confession. It's this is a very I feel really bad right now talking. No, it's no. Good. I We're listen to his sometimes. I have to hear like most ta- most of the times like I will listen to podcasts and people are like, oh, you really need to listen to Brian Cranston's episode of uh, Mar- Mark Marin. Right, Mark Marin. WTF last week? Okay. Oh, how was that? Oh, oh I know. Not it, my it, mic. It's it's, it's yeah. Sorry. It's how was that? <laughs> situation i'm still here everyone i don't know if, that, if you even maybe listen. you can't say how was that maybe that's the thing that makes the mic fall to joe i just got so angry as they're knocking things over how was mark maron being here um he was, how was it? he was great he was yeah i actually went to him um so i got to go to the uh he lives the cat uh ranch. in eagle rock or something yeah it, i don't know it was definitely a part of los angeles i had never been to before <laughs> and i imagine i will never is it highland park maybe yes highland i park? think it is yeah I have never been okay there. highland park is weird i know i know people yeah. who live there yeah but okay. it is like what where is that place i don't know it was many freeways and many yes. tur- twists and turns and i made it you know but so okay so you don't you do you don't really listen to podcasts but let's talk about your podcast regardless i have a podcast that you can listen to or not i'm not i won't even push I it up. i won't it. even push it on people yeah it's called janie and aaron does hollywood and you and it's with your best friend and you've known yes. this guy forever yes since 1996 Okay, okay. That's and he's time. a television writer. Yes, and he writes on... Um, right now, in- a show called Intelligence, Intelligence. on CBS, in- which may or may not come back next year. Um, <laughs> they don't get attached. But but he tweets about it a lot, so he it tweets- makes me feel like I watch the show, even though I don't. Yes, he's trying to get people on yeah. board. Yeah, yeah. What, um, <laughs> and, and so you guys decided so, to do a podcast, Why? Which is not substantive, like, the, like we, like... It's just a goofy, com- like meandering, meandering conversation. Um, we did it. We decided to do it because we wanted to do something together. Mm-hmm. We thought we talk every day anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, what was the impetus? I had oh, it was I had a video blog. Oh, oh yeah. This for a masterpiece theater one? No, like a just like a confessional, like Uh into like just me, Mm -hmm. just being myself. Mm -hmm. I did this video blog just out of like I don't know, like an outlet of expression, right? You know, and he would frequently like be around because we talk every day, right? And so sometimes he'd be on the video blog, but the video blog, it's not a very um, produced thing. It was just like a. It's like, you know, like a diary or something. You would do it just on your computer. Just on my computer. Or like I had this little handheld camera. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, this is what it's like to be in an audition. And I'd be like, look at all these people. Da, 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 da. You know? And so um, that wasn't very sustainable. Mm -hmm. Something video-wise. Yeah. And so he sort of came up with an idea to do a podcast. Mm -hmm. And then it just literally was like the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Or the most organic and natural thing for us to do. And you, yeah, yes. and it's really funny and, and we ha- enjoyable. Uh, thank you very much. And we you- enjoy doing it, and and it's really we're not trying to even create like a brand or anything. We right. just have we just you know 
have fun. We just have fun. Which is why it's fun to listen to. And I like that you have a guest, but like the guest is not the focus. No, the guest has to play the game that we, we have three segments that we do every time and they have to participate in it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And sometimes we have a guest and sometimes we don't, it's just whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But the, oh, and another thing is we wanted to, cause it's called Janie and Aaron does Hollywood. Cause we wanted to talk about the business, like sort of like what it's like to be in the business, but like in a goofy way and not a negative way. I have to say, I don't know if they're the ones I've listened to. You've talked. We never get about. to it. <laughs> we never get to it. I mean, lots of talk about pizzas that he made. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or just like things that happened to us during the week. Yeah, like yeah, this yeah. happened, and you know, I don't know. That's what it is. Yeah, I feel like we spend even far too much time talking about the podcast. You talk about the podcast a lot, but I like that. <laughs> and this is where I learned, you know, okay, because we met because you did my show, my storytelling show. I did. I just reached out to you randomly. I started following you on well, Twitter. No. Now, to be fair. Okay. We met because <gasps> Eric Martin had me as a guest on his podcast, This American Wife. Yes, I heard that. And then he told me that he did a show with you, and then that's how... Then you no. reached out through that, that through Eric. I, I must have, okay, but I had the idea. You did? Yes, I think I heard that podcast. I followed you on Twitter, and I was like, I think I said, Eric, what do you think of this idea? I really want the original credit. And I oh, think good. he might have given me your email address. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because the, the point is, is that we didn't know each other, but yeah. we did have that one person We in did common. have that connection. And, and then... And so, then I got to do your storytelling show, which was so much fun. You did it four times? I think so. And, and I got, I made it in the book. Okay, that's where you're leading to. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing chronologically. Okay, so you, so you came and you did it and you were fantastic and I didn't know that you sprained your ankle on the way in until That was I my first night. <laughs> the first time I did it, I I tripped on a thing. I, and then but I just... What a pro. Never uh, said a word. I don't like, I don't like a lot of attention on me. Is that weird? <laughs> it is since you're an actress. It is, I know, but I would argue that that's different kind of attention. Okay. Like, I don't mind the work yeah. of acting, but I don't want the attention on me. Right. Like, myself. Right, right. Is that weird? I Am I explaining that well? I no, you have. I mean, I also, by the way, that's something that in recovery people will always say is, and that I don't relate to, is they'll say, I want attention, but I don't. I mean, that's different than what you're saying, but I never right. relate to it because I just... I don't feel conflict about it. Like, I just want attention. Well, I like attention. I mean, I was the youngest, or I am the young, mm-hmm. youngest birth order and mm-hmm. the only girl in my family. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want attention, but I want, I don't want, like, uh, what's it, like, I don't want people to make a fuss. Right. Like, I like kind of attention, like, where I make people laugh. Or, right. Or, right. Or, or I'm being entertained by you, or you're entertaining me. Right. I like right. to be entertained a lot. Right, right, right. See, this is interesting. I wonder if this. is But if I hurt my thing. ankle, I don't. I I wouldn't want you to be like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Let me put ice on it. Da, da, da. Like I would be so embarrassed. Okay, interesting. So you just you just so I just like gri- it up. I grit my teeth. Yeah, and I had no idea. You I were think I ordered a whiskey. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you took Advil or something, or you didn't even do that. Later, I did. <laughs> that was amazing. And then and then you came back and you did the show a few more times. I and did. And then your your one was so hilarious and perfect for the book that it went in the book. Yes, thank you exciting. for having and me. It was fantastic. It was so such an honor. I it was oh, a really good group of women. You guys, if oh, you're listening I know. to this and you didn't buy the book, perhaps this is the opportunity <laughs> to go right to Amazon. You mean the true tales of lust and love? That book. book. <laughs> That's the book I mean. Um, and so, but so you 
Let's let's even go back further. Yes. So you were raised in the South. Yes, it's funny that you mentioned that was a Southern thing because mm. I was thinking today, uh, this has been on my mind a little bit this week too, is this whole culture shock thing. Mm-hmm. I've lived in LA for a while mm-hmm. now, but I mean, there's no doubt that it is, that there's still like a culture shock uh-huh. Uh-huh. That, that occurs with different parts of the country. And um, I was like, oh, what am I going to talk about that I was going to get over and um, I think just southern wise, like people come from like really messed up families and in the south, talk about and it. they never talk yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that's just so weird. Like, what would I talk about, and how would it? Like, what's my story to tell? Like, right, what? Right. And do I have the right to right. air that dirty laundry? You know, right. like kind of a thing. Like, right. I was like, I guess I could talk about you know the fact that my 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 parents divorced in 1980 right. you know right. and what that and how that's had an impact on my life like for my whole life yeah of course still to the i mean you know yeah they both are married and now i have four parents and like now i feel like oh my god like in my older age you know we all had to deal with like death of our our, our parents and now you have all these four. extra ones and about. and who's going to go first and who's taking care of whom yeah and it's just become like this complicated thing that i didn't even know to think about but then i was like oh but that's like in this house like and then i was like thinking of all my crazy relatives and like certain things that people deal with and no one talks about any of yeah. that stuff like it just doesn't isn't talked about well i also think it's well like as a jew i feel like jews talk about stuff really yes so that's a more cultural Thing. I think so. I think so. It's not that I don't like talking about that stuff. I do. But you were just reared not to. Yeah. Or I would, it, it's like people talk about it in certain circles, but like on a podcast, that would be right. weird. Right, right, You know? Right. Well, because of I that, guess. let's yeah. leave the family. I mean, I, I thought talking about uh, getting out of a toxic relationship. A horrible relationship. Yeah. In my 20s. really interesting. And could that really I still people. think about, even though that I, 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 I was with I was with someone I, I I was about to say I was with a man for five years but he wasn't a man right he was like an immature emotionally stunted person and what was the relationship okay like? so what happened was um uh I didn't I didn't I don't I didn't know or understand what sociopathy was mm-hmm. like this is my twenties and I was just in I mean I think now it has become so much more accepted that that sociopaths move in and among us as opposed to they are just criminals. Yeah, yeah, Like it's Charles Manson or non-mentally ill people. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Right? And so so in the 90s, I I was in drama school and I... In New York? uh, No, I was in drama school in Dallas. Okay. But then I did move to New York after that. Okay. Um, And I met right away, like my first year in, I met... Um, a guy, mm-hmm. uh, I guess I can say his name, his first name. Yeah, say it. His name's want. Joe. Okay, yeah, especially because um, it's it's not like it's Vladimir or like something weird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, some people call him the artist formerly known as. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so Joe, you don't know who that is, right? Yeah. <laughs> so this guy, Joe, was in drama school also. Mm-hmm. And we fell in love instantly. And now I've since learned that that was not love. No, it wasn't. Le- it was maybe on my end. Right. But or I think, um, or not, it may have been like some form of narcissism on my part because I've since learned that people who have sociopathy tend to, like, they can, they can um, identify. Right. Um, in, what you need. 
Yeah, they are empathics. Yeah. They they in, identify empathic or vulnerable women. Yeah. And, or yeah. men, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I think he just, I don't even know if they consciously do it or something, because right. I don't understand it right. that well, but for some reason, he lasered in on me. Right. And he gave me the saddest story of his life. And, and the so, saddest. We, okay, so you would not have even been interested in him had he not sort of lasered in? Um, he was not someone I was aware of until he lasered in on me. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess I knew who he was, but I didn't know his story. Mm-hmm. And I found him compelling just charismatically. Like mm-hmm. he was a really good actor. Um, he was nice, you know, nice looking guy. Mm-hmm. He seemed really gentle, mm-hmm. like kind of, um, authoritative, like confident, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but then once, I learned of his sob story life. Yeah, that made you drawn I to think him. I it was I was so drawn to him. What did he tell you about his life? And do we know if it was true? It's definitely true, but it but so what? A lot of people have sob stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um it he his his family split up when he was um a child. There were four children. Mm-hmm. It was such a contentious divorce between his mother and his father that it split the four siblings in half. Two sided with the mother and mm-hmm. then the other two sided with the father. Mm-hmm. And he hadn't spoken to his mother, which was this horrible heartbreak for him in like a decade. Wow. And then the father remarried the woman that he had, an had the affair with mm-hmm. and had a child with her. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it was just so so heartbreaking that he was so close. He had this nuclear family that was seemingly so close. Right. And they um, were annihilated and derailed by this infidelity. Okay. And I don't mean to sound callous, but I've heard sob stories so much worse. Is that the whole thing? That's kind of the whole thing. Okay. I mean, there was drama to it. Like, the mother was diagnosed as a borderline. Right. She very much triangulated the family. Right. Uh, the new mother... It was awful. Yeah, or she was just very rigid, and 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 there were like she the first mother biological mother tried to run over the new what oh, was right, it? like right. just draw like yeah there was lifetime movie drama right but imagine being twenty three yeah which I was okay and again growing up in the south where everyone had a messed up family but it was par for the course right okay I mean dysfunctional families in the south are. Like Everywhere. commonplace. Right. And people just endure with like grace. <laughs> right. But here was this person who seemed broken by it. And talked very openly about openly it. Openly about it. Was probably the first person to do that to you. Yeah. Yes. And so he like I just fell head over heels. Like I thought he was this wonderful person and how could he be treated so poorly and I come from a really great family despite our extendedness or whatever and they really took him in too and um like as a member of like they loved him the way I did and everything right right so we were like an item Mm -hmm. and throughout drama school all through for those three years right and he moved away and he didn't want to be away from me. And then he quit his grad program just to come back to be with me. Mm-hmm. And then so like, obviously we were like in this, to, in it to win it. Mm-hmm. So then we made this plan to move to New York 
together and conquer the theater world. Right. At, you know, this is our twenty. We're in our twenties. So as soon as we moved to New York, now we've been together for three years. Mm-hmm. So we were, and then we moved to New York and we lived together for a year and a half mm-hmm. in Manhattan. During that year and a half, post school, mm-hmm. okay, he became. Here was this person who had this amazing work ethic, straight A student, insane and achiever person, mm-hmm. like in school. Mm-hmm. We get to New York, and he like slowly morphs into a total deadbeat. Okay, like sleeping all day, like taking you know, kind of like not pulling his weight. Yeah, uh, for his half of the. I mean, right? right we're right. not like married yet, right. but you know. Um, you're waitressing and you're doing all this stuff. I was like temping and I was temping and doing plays and right, you know right. like I, like like eight hour day like right eight hour days and then five hours doing auditions and whatever like and but this was like a gradual change yeah he this is the story that's gonna blow your mind oh good I can't wait okay he books a play mm-hmm. in Tennessee because a lot of times when you live in New York, you book theater gigs that are regional and you have to go out of town for them. Right. So he leaves town for however many weeks, six weeks for this gig. While he's away, uh-huh. he strikes up a friendship with this woman. Now, this woman who was in the play with him is married. Okay. A married woman. He yeah. strikes up a friendship with a married woman. Yeah. We'll call her... Claire. Claire. Mm-hmm. So Claire and him become close, and he being... He's always been such a victim, like, throughout our... The, the pattern was is that I was, like, you know... You know, the strong one. Right, right. And he was the fragile one all the time. And you were still so enraptured with him? Even yes. Even though this was the thing? Okay. Yes. I, I think I just, like, he played on some weakness in me right. that right. I didn't recognize. No existed. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was something I didn't even, because I'd never been taken advantage of before. Right, right. So I didn't understand what that, I, did, I thought I was impervious to that. Yeah. So I didn't understand what that was. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? To- it's a naivete. I had a with a sociopath. And, um, yeah. Well, no, but I mean, I think it happened to me a few years ago, and it was a, it was an assistant who Ooh. who I couldn't afford, but he was like, no, no, I'll do it for this price, and and, to- and figured out exactly what my weakness was. Yes. Which yes. was this, um, this, like, vagueness when it came to numbers, and he was like, I'm going to take over yep. your banking and your... Anyway, long story Horrible. short, took out a credit card in my name. Come the whole on, thing, the whole thing. And then afterward, you were like, "What just happened to me? I'm a smart person." I couldn't believe it. Yeah, um, it is literally like you've been like drugged or something. It is. It is. And then I saw afterwards, and it helped me to identify what my weaknesses were. Yes, yeah, same here. Them, same here. Know? Yes. Um, yes. Thank God. I guess. All right. So blow my mind. So he, so he, so he strikes up this friendship with Claire, this married woman, Claire, Mm -hmm. and the way he presents it to me is, I mean, there's this woman here, Claire, and we become friends and, you know, she's kind of unhappy in her marriage and I'm like, I don't like this friendship. This is making me uncomfortable. I feel like, you know, this isn't good and he's like no she's been so helpful to me here because i'm so unhappy here and da 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 you know like so he has this friendship with his woman claire and i'm like okay 
uh, I think I'm going to trust him. So he invites me to visit to see the show. Mm-hmm. And it's my birthday. Mm-hmm. So I go to visit him on my birthday. And it's clear. That they're having an affair. That they are having an affair. Like, it doesn't even feel like it's being hidden from me right. very well. Right, right. So I'm, like, losing my mind. Right. And another thing is, for my birthday, he gave me, like, hooker clothes. <laughs> okay. Which was weird. Yeah. Because I don't wear hooker clothes. No, not at all. And I never expressed a desire right. to to wear them. So, like, boots and, and... It was, like, weird, like, platform shoes and, like, a vinyl mini... <laughs> It was like weird, and I was, right. and I was like, I don't understand what this is. I mean, and he's like, Well, Claire, help me oh, pick it out, wow. okay. and and I'm like, Okay, Fix I don't her. know what's happening. I right. this was a disaster visit, yeah. a disaster visit. Yeah, and I was like, I think you guys are together. Da da da. Denies it, denies it, denies it. Right. So I'm like being insecure. Yeah. So rightfully ta- so, though. Rightfully so. So I'm still in the dark about all of this. Mm-hmm. So. So we get back to New York. Time goes on. Then I book a job out of town. Mm-hmm. And he comes to visit me during that job. And again, gave me a really weird present. Mm-hmm. Like, like not who I am. Right. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't know. <laughs> like, it just like, this was a very gradual progression over a year and a half. Yeah. Where here was this person who I thought I knew. Right was becoming weirder and weirder and I was you know becoming more suspicious that and were you saying things to him yes and he would swear on the bible like it's were not you like these these are weird outfits yes me. yes and he'd say I just thought you'd like it yes okay yeah he's yes he, because he was so victim-y all the time like he had an ability to to be like upset by the accusation or the, the yeah like to just to be like oh my god I love you so much I'm sorry you know like right. I, 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 like there was just manipulation going on all of the time right and it it wasn't an even playing field like I could never be like you're sleeping with Claire right da, 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 you know like it was always it, it was always like he was this person who was a messed up person right and I had to treat him with kid gloves. Right. Okay. Right. And then he proposed to me. Okay. And it was sort of like not my idea. But he knew I always wanted to be married because that was always something I've always wanted. Right. I, and I am married today. But yeah. it wasn't like I was pushing the idea of marriage. I mean, I really want a career too. Yeah. So I that was always like a simultaneous track for me. Mm-hmm. But he... He pushed the idea of marriage, and I knew it was a little soon for my family because I was still in my twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went along with it because mm-hmm. it was sort of like, well, we're going to be together forever anyway. So you were <laughs> surprised by the proposal. You didn't know it was coming. Um, I was a little surprised by it. Yes, and conflicted, but said conflicted, yes. but said yes. Okay, and I could tell my family didn't love it. Yeah. Because it caused some issues. Okay. But I was like very much like, how can you be like this? Yeah. Like, I, you know, we love... Why aren't you happy for Yeah, me? yeah, yeah. So I proceed to start planning this wedding. Okay. 
um, the way, kind of like how he wants it. Mm -hmm. Like I, it was always like known I was going to get married in South Carolina where I'm from. Like that's just sort of what happens. Like you get married where the bride is is from and it was going to be like this Southern wedding and everything. And he was like, why don't we get married in Vegas? Cause it'll just like, (gasps) yeah, it'll just like satisfy everyone's idea of fun. Like someone can golf or that. And I was like, okay. So I started like trying to sell my family on this idea and they were like not yeah. into it yeah but it caused like fights yeah and he didn't and there was chaos going on and he didn't ever budge yeah. on it but at the time i didn't realize i was being manipulated, manipulated. yeah so i go to vegas this is gonna ha- so i go to vegas with my mom uh-huh. to look at venues uh-huh. while i'm in vegas now mind you we live together oh and there's another weird little element okay he begged us to get a pet together okay. and i never wanted a pet Okay. One time he came home with a puppy and I almost lost my mind. And I right. said, we have to give it back. Yeah. Because, I mean, we lived in a studio apartment in yeah, Manhattan. Yeah, didn't have time to walk it. No. Walk and then we moved to another apartment in Harlem and he begged and begged. And so we got this dog together. So we have a puppy. We're planning a wedding mm-hmm. that no one seems to want. Yeah. And his family could give two shits about it. Right. Sorry if I said yeah, that. Yeah, you can say whatever. Anything. Right. any of this because they're so checked out yeah and self-involved clearly right. from right. the backstory i told you about right right but, so i am in vegas with my mom yeah this is gonna get juicy i, I, I can't swear. wait no no i was just making sure I'm, that like it's i'm just teeing it up i'm teeing yeah it up i love it. it i love it i mean no listener can stop is all i was thinking because <laughs> i have two brains while i'm doing this i so i'm in vegas with my mom looking at venues uh-huh. and my mom is just like so I'm um, that, that it's going to be in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I ca- he calls me in crisis. Okay. In during this trip. Uh-huh. To tell me that he's having cold feet. Oh my god. And I'm like now like the wheels are in motion, yeah. you know, with all of this yeah. stuff. And I'm like, okay, like I don't know what to do. Like I was just like so mad at him. Mhm. And I think when I got mad at him, his manipulation toward me was that I wanted the wedding more wow. than he did now. Right. As opposed to, no, you're you're dragging me down this path. Right. And now you're jerking, like you're playing this bait and switch game yeah. with me. And, and I'm not mature enough or emotionally evolved enough to, understand. to articulate why I'm angry yeah. along the way. Yeah. Because I'm just being like pulled every which way all the time by this guy yeah you know and i'm in love with him or in my mind i'm in love with him right and trusted him with my heart and my family right you know and so i was like upset and at the time i was working for this rabbi Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is a whole other story but back in new york and the rabbi was sort of like um um he's very avuncular toward me Uh uh-huh and he's like, he was like, what's the, he's like, what's a few months of just taking a breather okay. to the rest of your life? If you're, if your betrothed wants some space all of a sudden, you know, like, and has having cold feet, you should just give it to him. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to man up and just like give him the space to mm-hmm. work this out. Even though I literally just flown back in from looking at wedding in venues. a place you didn't even want to get married. Yes, with my poor upset mom about right. this, who's trying to be a good sport. Right. So what? So I'm like, okay, okay, I'm just going to give you the space. And he says, okay, well, I want to move out. But I found a place around the corner. And 
it's just temporary and I'm and we can share the dog okay. you know and all this stuff even though like I didn't even want the dog but right. now I, we have the dog and yeah. I liked the dog yeah yeah okay and so I was like okay you know and I'm thinking like my relationship's deteriorating but I don't know what's gonna happen like it's a 50 yeah. 50 chance it's gonna go either way right. like it's either gonna he's gonna move out we're gonna like re- reconcile or or this is it yeah you know so I leave for that weekend. Now, this happens to be Labor Day weekend, uh-huh. September 1st, 2001 in okay. New York City. Oh, wow. So I move out that, or I leave town that weekend to go to a wedding mm-hmm. so that he can get some of his things out and move around the corner. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to come back and my friend... Paige is going to move in with me to split the rent. Uh-huh. And this is going to be the new arrangement as we work things out. For while, just a month or something. Yeah, like while he's while he, he's having cold feet or mm-hmm. whatever. So he, he leaves that weekend. Paige moves in. 11 days later, the 9-11 attacks right. happen on Manhattan. Yeah. Okay. I am at work. At the rabbis in mm-hmm. Midtown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Midtown. Were you doing I was. I worked for this organiz- this Jewish organization okay. that was like a nonprofit. Okay. And I was just his administrative assistant. Right. But we worked in um, Pataki's building, weirdly. Mm-hmm. There was an anthrax scare. Whole other story. Oh, wow. So, um, so, while, so while we are being attacked, mm-hmm. you know, um, we call each other like, are you okay? Da, da, da. Like... Oh my God! And 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 this is just a period in everyone's life, right. obviously, who lived through nine eleven. If you're old enough out there, because you probably have listeners who might have been children when this That's happened. So funny! I was already sober. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God! Well, I w- I was like, so if you know, if you lived through this, like there was sort of like a apocalyptic, yeah, like nature to it. Yeah. And so, um, so a few days later, after like I was like chain smoking and and me and my roommate watching CNN like 24/7 yeah. like and like running around the city trying to find people and stuff. Right. He's like I really he's like I think we need to have a talk. Uh-huh. And I'm like okay. Obviously, he wants to get back together because this is so devastating. Yes. Yes. How can you go through this and not want and not want to be with the pull the people closer to you yeah. that you trust and love, yeah. you know? So we sit down. This is like a few days after. He proceeded to tell me that not only was I right on the money about him and Claire having... They're in love. Not yet. Okay. But... They had the affair under my nose while they were away. So I was totally right about all of that. Yeah. He completely gaslit me on that. Had me crazy like going to therapy about oh. it. Um, he had other affairs with other women. Uh, I had slept with a prostitute while I was in Vegas. That's when he called <gasps> me crying. Oh my God. To say that he was having cold feet. He had just hired a hooker. Okay. And had sex with her. And... Of course, now I'm like, when can I get my STD tests? Of course. And uh, <laughs> I think like one time I found a receipt for this place called Lace, and I thought he bought me lingerie for my birthday. Yeah. And it was like a strip club. Oh, of course. So like I think there was like a porn addiction. Yeah, sex addiction. Or sex addiction. Yeah. 
And I don't even think it was like just women. Like I think he had like he had been involved with men in the past, but it was like I experimented in right, college. Right, right. But then as I started like going through all of the weird relationships that he'd come and gone in his life. Yeah. And him admitting that him and that I was right about him and Claire the whole time. Yeah. I realized that everything was a lie. Yeah. The whole thing was a lie. What else? Well, the final thing was that he was dating someone okay. that he loved. Oh, my God. But he still loved me and wanted to work it out and wanted to see us both at the same time. And call off the wedding, clearly. Or no. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. And I was like, like, are you mentally challenged? But he, and he was. He was. Yeah. Yeah, but he was smart, so this was weird because it right. was dumb. <laughs> right, right, right. But And I was like, I'm never going to speak to you again. You're yeah. never going to be intimate. Like, this is over. Like, yeah. this is, you're a lie. This whole 4.5 years of my life in my 20s has been a lie. You've, mani- you've like, used me. And he was doing this the whole time in drama school, too? Yeah, I think he was. Okay. He didn't admit to How it. Did he he didn't admit that? to it. Well, he went away to school one of one year, but my drama school schedule was like from eight a.m. until midnight. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and maybe even at that time, like right before we became really serious, there could have been some like dating around, and it would have been fine. Yeah, but it was after we moved in together mm-hmm. that it, the betrayal really hit home mm-hmm. because he because I knew. And he lied to me and made me doubt my own instincts. So basically, so here's where it gets interesting. So I left. So I said, okay, so not only have we been attacked by terrorists and New York is probably dead for 10 years and I'm not going to be able to work here for a while. Yeah. Um, And now my... uh, supposed fiance is a clear sex addict and pathological liar and most likely a sociopath because you have absolutely no remorse for what you did to me or my family who loved you and cared for you um so i am going to ditch this town yeah so within three weeks i moved to to los angeles i had gotten rid of my apartment Uh which is fine because Paige had somewhere to to live yeah you know um, I let him keep the dog. Uh-huh. Uh, I I found a roommate out here. I got a car, got a job like within a within a week, and I never went back. back. Right now, his name has come up in life. Yeah, because we did go to school with a lot of the same people. Okay, and four years after I moved here, the woman that he was dating, we'll call her. Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. The one that he said, I love her, but I want to be with you. you. Yeah. She called me up. Oh, no. And she said, I want to tell you, I want to warn you. And I said, what? Why are you calling me? This is weird. Yeah. And she said, well, I'm no longer with him anymore, but he's planning to move to Los Angeles. And I thought you should know. Then she proceeds to tell me her horrible experiences of the past four years being involved with him. And, it, you know, like there were suicide attempts and he'd been committed for 30 days. And oh I mean, it's like it was like she wanted to get out and she couldn't because yeah. he was so broken. seemingly fragile and yeah. broken. 
And then she finally got out of the relationship. I actually think they're still on speaking terms. He moved here. This isn't the pizza guy. No. Okay. It is not the pizza guy. Okay, that's that's a different story. Of. Okay. No. Okay. Um, he moved here and in a wonderful stroke of irony. Yeah. He is now married to Claire. Wow. Who divorced her husband. Right. I guess. So they maybe deserve each other. Yeah. And they have children together and they live somewhere nearby. Oh and I tried to avoid him. One time I spotted him from across the room in a restaurant and I almost lost my mind. Yeah. I told this story the other night because I had never told this story to uh-huh. anyone before. You told it on a stage or? No. It okay. was just like over coffee. Yeah. Um, because someone asked me the same thing. Have you ever seen him before, uh, uh, seen him since? Yeah. And I said, I have to tell you, one time while I was dating my now husband, we were in uh, a restaurant, a restaurant where we would frequent. Yeah. Called Pritzi's. It, it's next door to the UCB Theater in Los Angeles. I used to wait tables there. Yeah, it's not there, there anymore. No, now it's called like Franklin and Company yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. We were about to see a show next door. Yeah. And Paul and I were paying the bill. Yeah. And... I saw him walk in with Claire. Wow. (laughs) And I'm like, what? This is my neighborhood. This is my restaurant. Yeah. How dare he? He can be in LA all he wants, but he can't cross into my territory. I used to wait tables here, and I'm at the UCB like every night of my life. Yeah. And I'm like losing my mind. And um, so I'm like, Paul, that's my husband now. He was there. I said, my ex-fiance just walked in, and he knew the whole story. Yeah. And I'm like, I am going to go over there give him and her a piece of my mind and he's a pause like no you're not paul said don't do it yeah please don't do it and i'm like okay well we had just paid the bill anyway and we're on our way out anyway so it wasn't like this whole long evening yeah but we were leaving anyway he's like just come just leave just leave and we'll go to the show Mm -hmm. so we go to the show next door and i am like fuming about this yeah. like while we're watching the show and I was like I have to I was like I need to excuse myself so I walked outside and next door to the theater that is next door to the restaurant where my ex-fiance and Claire are mm-hmm. is a dress shop uh-huh and I went in and he was in the dress no okay <laughs> sorry I went in the dress shop I bought a dress. Okay. I changed in the dressing room and went back in the theater in a different outfit. That was the extent of what I did. Because. (laughs) But isn't that weird? Because you didn't want him to recognize you? No, I was. No. Just losing it. I was like having an out of body experience. (laughs) Like where I was like, I'm going to walk in here and I'm going to try this on like I just didn't know. Yeah. And I went and then I slid (laughs) back in the dark into the theater seat like. 15 minutes later and Paul like next to Paul and he's of course thinking I may have gone next door to like chew them out or whatever and he's like are you okay and I'm like yes but I just bought a dress (laughs) (laughs) and that was but I didn't speak to him and I haven't seen him since knock on wood and he didn't see you as far as I know he didn't see me I don't think he did and is he like on Facebook or, or in any way findable? Uh, he is findable. You know, He's on Facebook, but I have him blocked on all my social medias because yeah. I I have a pretty big presence online. Yeah. And 
I just don't want him to know about, I just don't want him to know about me. I mean, I'm sure he can find whatever he wants about me, but I certainly don't want him contacting me. Yeah. Um, which he could, I mean, anybody could sign up with a Twitter handle and write something at me. Yeah. But he hasn't, I mean, but now he's married to Claire and they have kids and they live in LA and it's, it's, I just keep waiting for like some lifetime, like the Scott Peterson story or something. Right, that's when when the girl, when Sarah called you, I thought it was going to be, did you hear how he now murders children? Well, that's what I'm waiting. I'm not that I want some horrible crime to happen to him, but I have to say I have a fear. Yeah. Because I do think there is a lack of empathy. Empathy. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I think... I mean, I'm sure he's medicated now. Yeah. You know, he's medicated and, you know, maybe he was diagnosed manic depressive instead, but I do think sometimes you can have those mental illnesses coupled with certain personality disorders. Well, yeah, and I don't think you can medicate away, um, you know, sociopathy and, you know, like chronic lying, pathological lying. Um, you know, I just don't understand why you would be in a... Why the why Claire, this woman who I don't know but I've met unfortunately in my yeah. life, um, would be with a pathological liar? Yeah, I mean, unless she's a she's being herself. Maybe she is. Yeah. Or maybe he's just manipulating her in the same way that he manipulated me and the other girl. Possibly, possibly. I mean, luckily, it's not your problem. But it's you know, not. When but. I was at, I was I was getting I'm still sort of getting a degree at UCLA. Um, and and we learned about spectrum. Oh my god, I'm oh, just really? so wrong. I'm, I'm gonna get this so wrong, but it's sort no, of like there's spectrum. I, it might not even be the word spectrum, but one and two, and it's like there are those things that are treatable. Things like uh, depression and, um, and 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 alcoholism, right. you know, is mental illness. And then and then there's those things that that are not. I mean, bipolar is treatable, you know, mm-hmm, but things mm-hmm. things like I remember narcissism. Actual, what not what we call narcissism, right? Here, like the actual, actual yeah, uh, uh, mental and, bo- uh, and borderline that you can, it can't actually be treated in in a way. But you know? uh, so, do you, maybe he's borderline? I don't know. His maybe. I don't think he's borderline. I think he's just he's just sociopathic. And and so, what did you learn from that? I learned about myself that I am pretty resilient Mm -hmm. of a person because I was destroyed in a different way. Like my heart broke when the relationship went away, but in truth, the relationship never existed, if that makes sense. Um, But I also learned that um, I have trust issues and... As a result of that or that you had them before? I had them before. And I think him opening up to me was an immediate like to me that was like I just trusted him implicitly because of that well and it's interesting I think a lot there of were no boundaries right so he just like unloaded and I'm like oh he's trusting me with all this information and I right. should I can trust him with everything right, right and so I saw that I had that and I because I come from a divorced household right, right so I definitely have trust issues right right and mm. um and what would you I don't know, what would you warn people about in terms of avoiding toxic relationships or um, I would. This is what I wish someone had said to me. Like, I needed Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> to be like, if it feels 
wrong, it is wrong. Right. Like when I was suspected that he was sleeping with Claire because we all have, especially female intuition. intuition. Yeah. And like, I can't believe I believed him. Yeah. But he, this was a conversation that happened. It must have happened over a dozen times. Yeah. Where I was like, I just can't shake this feeling. Yeah. And and, and it, like to the point where I was like, maybe nothing physical happened between you, but there was an emotional affair. Right. But he would not admit right. to anything between him and her. And it like, if any girlfriend came to me, today and was like i don't know like i've asked him like 20 times and he swears i would be like he's lying right you are right yeah so i guess like you know but listen to your gut listen to your gut and then when you first met paul were you wary um shy I, i was gun shy i think but I had also been dating casually for a few years, mm-hmm. which I think I needed to sort of <laughs> cleanse my cleanse palate. The palate. Yeah, yeah, and not be like, and not have a man take center stage in my life, right? You know, and sort of just develop my own identity and you know all of that. Um, but our relationship sort of evolved slowly, which was nice because we were we had a false start dating, and then we became friends for a year. What was the false start? Well. He had he asked me out, but I was dating someone else. Mm-hmm. But I agreed to go out with him mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. And then when he wanted to date more, like go out more, I, I had to, it had gotten to a place where I had to choose between <gasps> the other someone else. Yeah, well, because the other guy had been seeing longer, right? And he found out that he like he all of a sudden wanted to become exclusive when he found out I had dated right someone else. Yeah, and so and Paul was like. Good luck with him. Like, he knew the guy. They were both... It was a comedian. Yeah. And he knew... He was like... He wrote me one of the funniest emails of my life. Like right. he, he was like, well, you're making the wrong decision, but I wish you all the best or something like that. And right. it was, like, so funny to me. But then we just stayed friends. And then we dated again a year later. And then he got a job in London. Uh-huh. And he left town for four months. So when he was gone... We were sort of in limbo, and I thought we would resume where we picked up when he came back. And then when he came back, he broke it off with me. What? Yeah. And then? Then a year later. So then we stayed friends. Yeah. The whole time we stayed friends, because we met through mutual friends. Right. So then a year later, I completely sworn off men. Like, I did not want to date anymore. Yeah. Like, I had been dating, and I don't know. Like, I just really wanted to focus on my career and stuff. Yeah. And then Paul was like, I think we should date <laughs> or however what right. he was like I you know he's like I'm not I don't want to be friends anymore I want to be more than friends and I was like I just swore off dating right and I was like I can't you're blowing my mind like this is confusing me mm-hmm. and then we went to a party and there was this dumb girl mm-hmm. that was flirting with him in front of me mm-hmm. and I was like no way get away from him he's mine he's mine right and then that was how we started See, what I think is interesting about that is that he did not resent you for blowing him off the first time. You did not resent him for blowing you off. There was a, I think that helped with my trust because we had a mutual respect for one another's autonomy or, you know, individuality or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I know I would take that so personally. I would just be like, I'm going to make him pay. You know what I I mean? I think we both took it personally at the time, but we acted maturely. Yeah. 
Yeah. But we just didn't thrust it on the other person. Like we didn't thrust the baggage on the other person. Yeah. No, but that's But that made me job. love him. That yeah. made me love him. Right. Because I was like, oh, wow, he's really, you know, respectful of yeah. people and women and, you know. Yeah. And he's always been so supportive of my career and everything. I mean, that guy that I just told you about, the horrible relationship, yeah. he was such a black hole of need Yeah, that yeah. I didn't have time. Like, I was trying to do my own thing, but right. I but couldn't... He was a full-time job. He was a full-time job. Like, I couldn't get ahead because it was, like, constant, you know, weight on my shoulders. Right. Of his, right. like, emotions and his devastation from his family life and sadness and, ugh, it was just so much. Yeah. So I guess I learned... I learned so many things, but I, I guess it's not even black and white what I learned because I hope I still have empathy for people who are broken people, but yeah. I don't think I would, I mean, I, I, I would have boundaries with them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you can, you know, you can be around people like that, but you have to, you protect yourself, I yeah. guess. And- not to be around people like that. I, I agree. Mean, it's just, it's, you know, I do think, you know, my experience with the sociopaths among us is, you know, when someone comes along and sort of, well, I mean, mine was like a different thing, but it was like he met all of my needs. I thought he was so amazing. Um, I recommended him to all my friends. He, he said he could do anything. I mean, it sort of sounds like your sociopath was different. And mine was like a gay assistant. So it Right. Is no, no. Yeah. But he just, he seemed... Like he was the solution to every issue, I, struggle I'd had. But it's you know? like, it's like, what do you do? Like, if that's like your, like, what if, like, some people are related to people like that. Yeah. Like, it's like just your child or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you, I know people have to learn, like, to live with. That's true. With that. I, mean, I, I don't, would never want to, but. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Like, if you can run, if run. You, if you're <laughs> sociopath. If you can run, run. But if you're, like, stuck to that person somehow, I guess just, like. Like if it's your mother or something. Well, that's different. I mean, if it's your child, it's a totally different thing. And let's hope you're not birthing sociopaths. But if it's this your is why family, I'm not having a child. No, because <laughs> I don't want to have a sociopath. You're not going to have a sociopath. Um, but <laughs> I think you and Paul should procreate just because you are Los Angeles's cutest couple. You know what I mean? I know. Isn't I? We I think you're right. We could have a funny child, right? A very funny. But what wouldn't it be funny if we had like an unfunny child? Yeah. Well, that's like <laughs> two totally attractive people. Do you know how, like, I... Or like how Billy Joel's daughter didn't look like the supermodel mom. Although yeah. he does have a beautiful daughter, but... Yeah, but I was, uh, I knew this supermodel, it doesn't matter, I'm not going to say her name, and she was so beautiful that it was ridiculous, and then she had this, like, volleyball player and husband, I hope no one knows who this is, and their kid was not cute. It was like their beauty canceled it, it out. Oh. But, like, but, like... But it's, I don't, I mean, like, obviously, you know... You know that stuff doesn't matter, but yeah. to the child growing up in the yeah. shadow of that, yeah, that's the tragedy to me. Well, is but to be like the daughter of the supermodel and not get those jeans, like, yeah, that's I know. like I know. I would feel like gypped. Yeah, it's true. Oh, that's probably, you're not it's PC to say that word, right? Oh, it's not. It's not. Yeah, oh, it's sorry. not as bad as Indian gypped. I grew up in the '70s, guys. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Gypsies, not okay. Sorry, I would feel cheated. Yeah. Yeah, if I yes. had sound editing, you'd never know that Janie said something inappropriate. Non-PC. Um, but, okay, so, mm. and so, tell... So that's the story about the, the crazy, yeah. about getting over, you know, someone who tries to derail your entire life. Yeah. Like, I am so thankful that I didn't marry this person. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I do think people who listen also, there are lots of people who come from alcoholism and mental illness and they have family members who they cannot have contact with. Right. You know, even though it's a mother or a father, you know. But they're just so horribly toxic. Yeah. That they would, yeah. You know, um, I've had to take breaks from speaking to my dad because it's not that I'm angry. It's that I don't know how sometimes to be in a relationship with him where he's not going to continue to sort of be abusive. You know? That's so bad. Yeah. Speaking of abusive Southern families. Yeah. Well, I didn't have an abusive family, thank God. But um, um, I'm reading this book by Pat Conroy. Oh, God. Yeah. And those are always the abusive seven families, right? Yeah. Well, he comes from a really messed up family. Yeah. A really southern gothic family. Yeah. And he sort of dealt with his family by writing about his childhood through novels, like yeah. through fictional um, characters. Right. But the experiences were his own. Like he was physically abused by an alcoholic father. Yeah. He did have a schizophrenic brother that committed suicide. Right. He does have like a bipolar narcissistic sister right. who threatens suicide whenever she needs attention. You know, like right. things like that. And and his mother's like delusional. Like she came from total like poor white trash during the depression and sort of maintained this illusion of like Southern aristocracy that did not so, exist. Right. Yeah. So Anyway, he wrote this book just recently called The Death of Santini because about his dad dying and everything. And he's basically spilling all of his family secrets. Wait, but he didn't... Did he write The Great Santini? That's totally yes. separate. Okay. He wrote the novel The Great Santini, which right. is essentially the fictionalized version of his own childhood and with an abusive marine writing. dad. Oh, wow. So now that his dad and his mom have both passed away and he's yeah. well into middle age, like he's in his 60s. Yeah. You know? I love that that's middle age. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was like, is that middle age? Yeah, I guess it... How many 120-year-old women do you know? I'm quoting... <laughs> I don't I'm know quoting, any. Uh, postcards from the edge. But I... <laughs> I think we might when because people Maybe, live longer. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Now he's in I'm just anti- I'm just anticipating. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, but now that his parents have died, he's like he's literally. Really it's mean. not a fictional book. It is a but memoir. Don't you think they knew? It's a memoir. They must have known ahead of time that no. That th- well, yeah, because they were delusional. Um, no. Wait, so, Janie, this is a total delight. Where can people find you? Well, again, my podcast, Janie and Aaron Does Hollywood, mm-hmm. is available on iTunes for free. Mm-hmm. I like how people say that. Because <laughs> uh, do people have to pay for any podcast? I guess no, some of them really. need I guess, like, I guess Jimmy Pardo's, you kind of oh, pay yeah, for yeah. stuff. We don't even have commercials, guys. That's yeah. how free it is. Yeah. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Janie Haddad. Mm-hmm. That's my name, at Janie Haddad. I always thought it was my- pronounced Haddad. You know, I it that's funny. Yeah. It some people say Haddad. Yeah. But you don't correct them? No, because that's probably actually more correct, but really? it's just an Americanized bastardized version of Yeah. So I say Haddad. Yeah. And Janie it's Haddad. and it's Lebanese. Yeah, Lebanese. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yes, please follow me on Twitter at Janie Haddad. And also, um if you like cartoons, I'm on regular show on Cartoon Network. Margaret. The character of Margaret. And I'm also appearing in an episode of Comedy Bang Bang and an episode of Garfunkel and Oates coming this fall on IFC. Oh, exciting. I didn't know Garfunkel and Oates was a TV show. Yeah, they got eight episodes. They're so good. They're so funny and good and cute. Um, Okay, Janie, you are speaking of funny and good and cute. That like is I, you. Thank you for letting me talk so much about myself. It was amazing. <laughs> it was really weird. Every second of <laughs> What did I tell you? Do you have a girl crush or a crush crush if you're male? 
it's okay, she is taken, but you can find her on the internets and on television. Janie Hatted Tompkins, yeah. <laughs>